Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 20, called Our Crown at His Coming. Shane, you had mentioned in your prayer about what's going on in China. I had heard some years ago that Chinese Christians, get this, were praying that American Christians would experience persecution. Do you know why? Because they thought it might wake us up. How do you like that? A group of people in another country watching American Christianity saying they need persecution. That's radical, but true. And I see what's happening in our world right now. I see what's happening in the United States. And I'll tell you, we have stuff to fight for. Um, So let's ask the Lord for wisdom on how we go about what we should be doing. This text is going to speak to that, our crown at his coming. These are the theme verses that we've selected for the studies in First and Second Thessalonians. Once you're there... Would you stand, if you're physically able to stand, I'm going to read the passage uh, for us, and then we'll come back to break it down. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, our crown at his coming. And for this reason, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, Paul writes, we also constantly thank God that when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God which also performs its work in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men hindering us, 16, from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved with the result that they always fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the utmost. But we, brethren, having been bereft of you for a short while in person, not in spirit, were all the more eager with great desire to see your face. For we wanted to come to you, 18, I, Paul, more than once, and yet Satan thwarted us. For who is our hope, this is the theme verse, our joy or crown of exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. You may be seated. Father, thank you so much for your living word. I want to thank you for every precious person that has come into the building today, those who are outside and those who are have joined us via live stream. Thank you for our wonderful family. I don't think we realize how important we are to one another. And I think Paul really sheds light on that when he says the Thessalonians are his joy and his crown of exaltation when Jesus comes. And he paints a picture for us that at the Bema seat of Christ, ahead of us, there's going to be a time when we, what we present to the Lord The crown, if you will, is largely going to be the people that we won to the Lord, that we influenced, that we discipled, 
And this gives so much, uh, I think, insight because we often talk about our walk with the Lord, our walk with the Lord, and, it, and that is so important. But it's also our impact on people, our peripheral or our horizontal impact that really is going to be our uh, presentation to the Lord on that day. We're going to present people to him that we impacted. And that really gives us maybe a newfound desire, Lord, to, to reach out with the gospel, to disciple your people, to love them well. They're going to be our crown that we lay at your feet. And Father, I, I pray that that would stir us to love and good deeds, to walk in our gifting, to be stretched by faith, and to see that we're living in the light of a coming of our King. And I pray that that will put everything into focus in the here and now as well. So may we have ears to hear what your Spirit says to your church. In Jesus' name, if you agree, would you say, Amen? Amen. Well, we've come to the theme verses, as I mentioned, of our study here in First and Second Thessalonians. And there's probably a lot of verses that we could choose, but this has both concepts of the impact that we have on people by the way we live and the looking forward to the coming of Christ. And it all coalesces with this idea that one day, one of the main reasons for our rejoicing before the Lord and what we present to the Lord will be the people that we impacted for the Lord. And you may not realize the impact that you have had on people. We were in a prayer meeting uh, just before the church service started and Lori was sharing with us her story, and I don't think Lori will mind, but it's her five-year anniversary of arriving at Living Truth, and as she shares her testimony, she says that the Lord got her attention through a pastor on the radio and uh, literally uh, spoke to her through the radio, right to her situation. She ended up at Living Truth uh, she always drove by the church in the old location and said that was a cute little church, cute little church, and it is a cute little church. And she came in and prayed to open her heart to the Lord Jesus five years ago. And I'll tell you, that lady has been on fire since then. Where are you, Lori? Are you? There you are in the back. <laughs> and she evangelizes, and you have such a wonderful heart, Lori. And God's just used you in five years in so many amazing ways. So we're excited to celebrate that anniversary. Yeah. And we're talking a little bit about the power of radio ministry. And um, several of you have been touched by the radio ministry. How many of you uh, ended up hearing about Living Truth by radio? Just raise up your hand. We've got one here. I always think it's more of you. Okay, there's several in the back. There's several more over here. And it's amazing to me uh, to think about, I was flying in a plane into Ontario Airport, um, and I saw, I, as we were on the descent into the airport when everything becomes visible, I was seeing house after house after house after house, and I was thinking, Lord, how can we reach all these people? And really, that's where the passion for radio began, and it was on several people's hearts here uh, that happened well over a decade ago now. So keep uh, walking truth in your prayers as we continue to reach out via radio and so many different missionaries and evangelism and all the stuff that's going on. Paul is celebrating a group of people that he was able to reach out to and plant a church in Thessalonica when he says, for this reason we also constantly, without ceasing is the idea, thank God 
And he's thinking about this church now that when you received from us the word of God's message, which you heard from us, the ESV adds, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. I want you to just take a moment and think about maybe one person that you were able to share the gospel with in times past that is now a believer. That's a big deal. In fact, it says heaven rejoices over one sinner that comes to repentance. One. And sometimes we, we look at our lives and we say, well, I, I haven't done that all that much. And, and maybe that should stir us some, but I'll tell you, if you've reached one, heaven rejoices over the one. And I would argue that for those of the, you that are in this room, and I know the heart of evangelism that's in this room, there's been more than one for many of you. And it's not just about leading someone to the Lord. It's also about planting seeds in people's lives, which I know you have done. And Paul thinks back on this visit, and he says, I'm constantly thanking God and the verse tells us why he's giving thanks. The reason is, is because the Thessalonican people were so open to the gospel. They were so excited to hear it. And by the way, they lived in a culture steeped in religion. The Greek pantheon of gods and goddesses was everywhere. When they've done archaeological digs in this area, they had every form of worship, including Caesar worship. But the people, when they heard the gospel, they sensed something different about this message. It wasn't about a pantheon of gods and goddesses that were a little better than us, that fought with each other and needed to be appeased. No, they heard a message about a God who made the world and all the people in it and a God who became one of us and came on a rescue mission. And when they heard it, their hearts were stirred. And they opened their hearts and they said, this is the word of God. This is not just the word of men. And remember, as we've studied the book, we know that many people would come through. They were traveling philosophers and they would charge for their philosophy and they would manipulate people. And it wasn't hard for many people to see through the veneer of false religion or people in it for the money. People can still see through it today. Amen. Even if it's done under the guise of Christianity, people can see through it at least many people. And the Thessalonian people said, man, this is something different. This is something alive. This is something filled with the power of God. Romans 6, 1, 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. That word power is dunamis in Greek, and it has the idea of dynamic and Scholars like to say it's imbued with God's power. What does that mean? It means it's filled, saturated, infused with God's power. The simple gospel message, Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, has the power of God. And even when someone doesn't accept it, they're usually still doing the bulletin shuffle. Everybody know what I'm saying? I preach to a lot of people who are really not comfortable when the gospel goes out. They do the bulletin shuffle. Let me look at the bulletin over here. Look at the bulletin. I'm not going to look at the preacher. Is he looking at me? I don't know. I have literally watched from the pulpit people wrestle with the sense that this is a divine message, but I don't want to yield. <laughs> 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. This is something alive. This is something filled with the power of God. Romans 6, 1, 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. That word power is dunamis in Greek, and it has the idea of dynamic. And scholars like to say it's imbued with God's power. What does that mean? It means it's filled, saturated, infused with God's power. The simple gospel message, Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, has the power of God. And even when someone doesn't accept it, they're usually still doing the bulletin shuffle. Everybody know what I'm saying? I preach to a lot of people who are really not comfortable when the gospel goes out. They do the bulletin shuffle. Let me look at the bulletin over here. Look at the bulletin. I'm not going to look at the preacher. Is he looking at me? I don't know. I have literally watched from the pulpit people wrestle with the sense that this is a divine message, but I don't want to yield. (laughs) See, even when they reject it. Have you ever noticed you could be sitting somewhere, you could talk about everything, sports, politics, you name it. You raise up Jesus, people, whoa. There's something about that name. There's something about that message. But when your heart opens to that message, there's nothing like it, amen? I mean, you guys can think of the time when you first heard it. Or maybe when you first heard it articulated in such a way that it, it landed. It finally hit home for you. And you're like, some of you ran down the aisle. You're like, I don't care who's, what, and where, and when I'm going. Some of you were at a stadium. Some of you were perhaps in your car and you heard it. And you said, there's nothing that's going to stop me from coming to know the Lord. You accepted it, 13, not as the word of men, but for what it really is. What it really is, is the Word of God. 
The gospel, the Bible, is the word of God. Sanctify them in the truth, Jesus prayed. Thy word is truth, John 17, 17. The word is alive. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living and active. Amen? And it pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. This is what the Word of God does. It just, it becomes this searchlight. It just separates everything and goes right into the heart. And it can thrill your heart. And sometimes you go, and all God's people said, ouch! Right? Because it hurts sometimes. Why? Because when it penetrates, it reveals. And sometimes I don't like what I see. But Lord, the Lord does divine surgery, even in those areas of weakness. And if we're willing to just say, Lord, do what you must to heal this broken part, to show me what it means to be a man or a woman of God, a man or a woman of integrity. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. That idea of word there is the Greek word rhema. It's not logos there, it's rhema. And it has to do with a specific word in a specific moment. It could be the gospel, but it also could be a word that you need to increase your faith. And the Thessalonian believers receive the word. The Greek word is interesting here. It's paralambantes, the word for they received it. The verb paralambano is a word that means to receive and it, it is actually used by Jesus in John 14, 3, when he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It has the idea of receiving with intimacy, receiving to oneself. What the Thessalonian believers did is they didn't say, oh, that's nice, or gee, I'll consider that, or maybe that'd be good for so-and-so down the street. Rather, they said, that's what I need. They welcomed the word. They said, this is what I've been waiting to hear my whole life. Please come on in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And by the way, that was written to a church. See, it's possible to sit in a church and not truly be dining with the Lord. But he says, open the door and I'll come in. The Thessalonian believers did that. Hebrews 4, 2, if you want to write it down for your notes, says, Indeed, we have had good news preached to us, Hebrews 4, 2, just as they also, but the word that they heard did not profit because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Now, there's a key here. God's word has power, but it must hit good soil to produce. If you are rocky soil, if, you, if the roots don't go deep, the seed of the word of God is the same for everybody. Jesus told the parable of the sower of the soils. The word of God or the gospel message is the seed and it goes out, right? The sower sows the seed. The seed has the same dynamic quality for every place that it's scattered. But what makes the difference in its productivity is the ground. And Jesus said, the ground 
is your heart. And if you have ears to hear and you are receptive to the seed of the word, there will be growth. But if you are hard-packed soil, rocky soil, you have no depth of root, that same powerful dynamic word that performs its work won't, won't do it. It's made operative, if you will, by faith. It works efficiently and effectively. It's supernatural. It's productive. It's divine. It has power. It performs. If you have a New American Standard, end of 13, it performs its work in you who believe. That's the word energeo. It's where we get the English word energy. It has the idea of active, efficient, powerful. But notice Paul says, in you who what? You who believe. That's the key. You can hear it, but hearing is not enough because in, in the Jewish mind, hearing was linked with doing. It was linked with activity. So it's the hearing of faith. And I'm not talking about works here. I'm just talking about that you actually receive it in a way where you say, I want this to be my life. I want the life of God to come into me. In rapid fire, God's word always performs his purposes in the lives of those who believe. Isaiah 55, 11 says his word doesn't come back void. Psalm 119, all throughout that passage, talks about its power and direction for living. The, the Bible saves people, James 1.18, sanctifies them, uh, John 17.17, 17, matures us, 1 Peter 2.2. 2. I'm sorry, but I, I got to move quick. It frees us, John 8.31 and 32, perfects us, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, counsels us, Psalm 119.105, builds us up, Acts 20.32, ensures our spiritual success, Joshua 1.8 and 9. Helps us to fight temptation, Matthew 4, 1 through 10. Gives us hope, Psalm 119, 147, and Romans 15, 4. It is God who is at work in you, Energeo, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And one of the main ways in which he performs his work, please hear me, is through his word. You've been listening to Our Crown at His Coming, part one on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 20. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're going to ask you to do us a favor. Hop on that phone or tablet and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We would love to connect with you, and we'd even love to give you a shout out in future programs. So, hey, DM us on Instagram or Twitter and let us know where you're listening from. Follow us and DM us at Walk in Truth Show. That's at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we study the Bible, it is important that we keep in mind the context of a given passage. For example, Paul brings up the Jews here. Now, Paul was a Jew. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. The early church was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. So we have to keep in mind that Paul has a specific group in mind. And here it is the religious leadership of the day, of Jesus's day, who, as you study the scriptures, knew who he was. They experienced his miracles. They heard his teaching. Uh, they knew he was different. They even, there's a parable that reveals that they knew he was the Messiah. 
but they were more concerned about their power, their prestige, their position than in bowing their knee to the true Messiah. You see, we need to be careful when we study a passage that we know that God is inviting Jew and Gentile like everybody he wants to come into the kingdom. This is a specific group uh, who rejected the gospel and therefore uh, brought condemnation on themselves. And that's why it's important to know context, study the Bible, listen to programs like Walk in Truth, listen to apologetics programs, because you start to understand context and you learn how to study the Bible and understand scripture. And this is uh, you know, why we exist. One of the reasons we exist is to teach the word and to cut it straight, 2 Timothy 2.15, to handle accurately the word of truth. And we pray that you're being blessed by this program, which is called Walk in Truth. We appreciate you. We love you. Hey, let us know how the program is blessing you when you reach out at walkintruth.com. Thanks for supporting us. And Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. Hey, one more thing before we go. In case you didn't know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events, all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. So if you can, please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thank you. Join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 20, called Our Crown at His Coming. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.